Today we are getting back to the Biden-Harris Lift Every Voice plan now that he has won the election. Him winning actually gives this plan more significance now, so we wanted to make sure that we're taking the time to look at it thoroughly. I also wanted to take the opportunity to answer another question that I get asked a lot concerning Trump facing charges after his presidency. The sections that we're going to cover today include eliminating the local and state housing regulations that perpetuate discrimination, promoting more equitable wealth building and a more secure retirement, equalizing the tax benefits of defined contribution plans, removing penalties for caregivers who want to save for retirement, giving small businesses a tax break for starting a retirement plan and giving workers a chance to save at work and making social security benefits more generous and equitable. And remember, all of these things that we're going to be talking about today, we're going to be talking about them from the standpoint of the stated goal of this plan, which is to make things better for the black community with all the uniqueness and specificity required to accomplish such a goal. This is Lessons, Lessons from, from the, from the from Screen. screen. John Boy. <laughs> Welcome to Lessons from the Screen. This is the show where we give you a review of whether or not any information that you get from any particular screen of any particular kind is worth your time. We waste our time, our energy, and our brain power so that you don't have to, and you are always very welcome. Lessons from the Screen is sponsored by Pax Inc., a black activist advocacy and think tank organization with the purpose of increasing the quality of life for black people in America through a focus on education, culture shift, and economics. You can and should check them out at www.pactsinc.org. That is packsync.org. Go ahead, leave a review, leave a comment, tell a friend to tell a friend. Check out the Learning Center and learn something. Read a book, consume material, do what you can to help them because they're doing what they can to help you. And let's go ahead and jump right on into the show today. So, one of the first things that I wanted to talk about today with regard was, was regarding Trump facing charges after his presidency. I maintain that this isn't a likely scenario regarding anything he has done while president. However, anything that he did before he became president, I do believe is fair game, as well as anything done not connected to the presidency. Now, he could pardon himself or be pardoned by Joe Biden, something that has kind of become a customary type deal almost, but Trump has broken a lot of the customs, norms, and traditions. Uh, this might be one where he wishes those things were still intact, but doesn't need to hear now there. Something I don't, well, actually that is everywhere. But anyways, something that I don't think is going to happen, um, but it's, it's a possibility. But that would only be a federal pardon. He would still be on the hook for any state charges brought against him as only the governor of the state can pardon crimes committed in that state. What also has to be considered is the extent to which people don't like Trump and which states are actually seeking charges. New York, for instance, is probably going to continue to pursue legal actions for things that they are trying to push for now. Uh, but as far as the challenges to the election process go, Trump still hasn't won an appeal yet. But before people get too excited, it is important to remember that Trump is at the moment the leader of the Republican Party, and he will likely continue to be a political force for the rest of his life. Yes, you heard me right, sports fans, for the rest of his life. 
And just because he is out of the White House doesn't mean that he is out of the spotlight. Trump has found ways to remain in the spotlight for decades. And there is no indication that he has lost this ability. That very ability to be in the spotlight is the ability that won him the election. So say what you will about him. He's not gone, even though he might necessarily not be in the White House anymore. And celebrity status does confer a level of power so he's not powerless either so just keep that in mind but we're gonna start in a way that we started the last show but not necessarily in a way that we meant to because we made a mistake the last time we were talking about the lift every voice plan and unfortunately we have here made that same mistake yet again you like that i've been practicing that i got i think i i think i hit that yet again And so, like my mama said, or like Maya said, we are moving on. Well, they, they both said I'm moving. Well, my mama said we're moving on, but Maya said I'm moving on. But anyways, we moving on. So the first section we're gonna talk about is the Joe Biden. The plan says to eliminate local and state housing regulations that perpetuate discrimination. And in this section, the plan is mostly. Uh, focused on exclusionary zones and exclusionary zones are zones in which zoning ordinances are used in a way that prevents people from operating in certain regards in certain districts a fancy way of saying redlining is still permitted in a lot of spaces because the redlining aspect of it could be viewed as a secondary feature in fact it is very much so a secondary feature for instance and Area zone for single-family homes with a minimum lot size, which is larger than low-income people can afford, effectively creates a legal barrier to that community. Class or economic viability is not a protected class, and that's something that we have to keep in mind. Just because you get racial or, or other sorts of class protections put in place doesn't mean that there aren't other means to exclude people from areas that they don't want them in. And we've seen that in exclusionary zones are another example of that. Uh, Biden says that he will enact legislation requiring any state receiving federal dollars to develop a strategy for inclusionary zoning. Now, it's, it also says that he will invest 300 million in local housing policy grants to give to states, uh, to give states and localities the technical assistance and planning support to eliminate exclusionary zone policies. The, the problem with these sorts of things, and well, before I say that, uh, the local housing policy block grant looks great and so does the idea that you can create affordable housing in, in developed communities the problem with these ideas though and this is what i was getting into earlier the the problem with these ideas is that we have seen time and time again that people living in those high income zones like the exclusivity of living in those communities that that's what they pay for the exclusivity of the community and they don't want lmi individuals in them lmi stands for low and middle income individuals they don't want those people in them now we might we we've seen report after report of these individuals protesting the construction of affordable housing in their communities and at times physically blocking the construction efforts. And we have also seen voucher programs be shut down by these people. And we have seen enough practical application to understand that this doesn't work. It just doesn't work. If the government really wants to take to to tackle the affordable housing issue, 
trying to mix people across classes is not the answer. The answer is developing low income communities without increasing the cost of living there so that those people can stay there. Pumping more resources into low performing areas in a way that allows those areas to, to develop themselves without others and, and outside interference coming in and kicking them out and taking advantage of that situation. That's how you solve this problem. You don't solve the problem by saying, hey, well, if we get black kids to go to school with white kids, then we'll eliminate racism in school and educate. That's not how this works. This is not how this works. But what did my mama say? That's right. So the next part we're going to talk about is the promotion of more equitable wealth building and a more secure retirement. Now, this section starts out mentioning a stat that was mentioned before, the fact that white people have wealth, numbers that are 10 times that of black people, and it is sourced to the same Brookings article that was mentioned before. The point here is that black people don't have enough wealth to enjoy retirement. And this point is accentuated with a reference to an Urban Institute source from 2016 that shows that black people only have about 25,000 saved for retirement on average. And I believe that report was actually from 2017 and not 2016, but the numbers in the report covered 2016. Well, it covered a period of years, but it ended with the year 2016. Now the plan blames the retirement saving system for this saying that it affords limited incentives for middle-class african-american families to save for retirement and the plan proposes that the biden administration will change these things by doing the following two things so we're going to jump into those two things the uh, first of which is to promote or i'm sorry to equalize the tax benefits of defined contribution plans and this section is basically saying that the current retirement savings plans only benefit upper income families because it's deferral based and Biden says that he will equalize benefits across the income scale so that low and middle income workers will also get a tax break when they put money away. But the plan doesn't really mention why a deferral based plan isn't beneficial for low and middle income families and it also doesn't mention how he will balance out the benefits and although we all have our ideas about why these things are not beneficial for low income people without understanding what he thinks it's hard to really guess how he's going to put the things that he's suggesting he's going to put into place in such a way that would eliminate those problems uh, you you figure out the problems being solved by looking at the solutions presented to solve them especially in situations where the 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 direct problem or the causal factors of the problem aren't really addressed so personally i would assume that he is referring to the fact that low and middle income individuals might not have the income to put money away and not touch it during an emergency situation resulting in them having less money put away and they also might not have just the sheer brute force income to really take advantage of tax deferral aspects of retirement accounts because you don't have to pay money on those tax you don't have to pay taxes on that money until you pull the money out and the more money you put into a retirement account the greater benefits of having the tax deferral aspect of it not only are you getting out of paying taxes but you also have more money growing tax-free in that plan as 
uh, it grows as the years go by. But I'm assuming he is going to push for some sort of scaling tax plan with regards to retirement accounts where smaller accounts have better interest rates or maybe some sort of government matching program based on income or something. But there are two problems here. Uh, one is that as president, he can't really do anything about this without Congress. And it looks like he isn't going to have a favorable Democratic Congress to back his programs. And two, it's going to be difficult to create a program that meaningfully provides equal benefits to low and middle income people that can't also be taken advantage of by upper income people. It's just going to be really difficult to do that. But the, the next prong in this two pronged approach that is going to be hit on is that uh, he says he's going to remove penalties for caregivers who want to save for retirement. Now, like I said before, this is the second part of his endeavor to help black people retire properly. And the plan focuses on caregiver savings with the link to a report from the Family Caregiver Alliance, which shows that black people are both more likely to be caregivers and more likely to need a caregiver than whites. And blacks have a prevalence, blacks have a prevalence of 20.3% to 16.9% from whites. And black people are also more likely to care for three or more adults than whites at a rate of 41% to 28% and are more likely to work 30 hours per week in addition to caregiving at a rate of 57% to 33% and are more likely to provide for a minor in addition to an adult according to the statistics given in the report. And these factors combined with others create a drain on the community in all forms. So this is something that definitely needs to be looked at. And these numbers are for informal caregivers or caregivers that don't get paid to do what they're doing now he proposes that these people uh, he proposes helping these people through the use of catch-up mechanisms like those presented in hr 3078 which is labeled the expanding access to retirement savings for caregivers act and what this act would do is allow people that took at least a year off from work to take care of a family member to make catch-up contributions to their retirement accounts before they turn 50 and it's a nice gesture it's a nice gesture but it won't really affect black people as much as it will whites and asians because black people frequently don't have the resources to take off from work for a whole goddamn year to take care of anything including themselves and their children much less a mom dad grandma auntie uncle or step cousin or whatever so i really can't see how the program uh, how this program are the people that put this program together even would, would look at all of the sources of data and think that this is going to be doing something that would be beneficial enough for the black community that it should be included here for something like this to be the people that are going to really benefit from this are the people that have the income first and foremost to take off from a year, have those resources to take off for a whole year to take care of somebody. Those are the people that are going to benefit from this. And those people are largely not going to be black people. And let's also remember that all of the minority groups were overrepresented in terms of being caregivers or needing caregiving. So it's just something else to keep in mind. So, thus, that's his two-pronged approach. 
I'm not impressed, but we're going to move on. So the next step, he says he's going to give small businesses a tax break for starting a retirement plan and give workers a chance to save at work. Now, this plan asserts that with linkage from the AARP, that's where the, the, the dominant quote in this section comes from. A, AARP, for those that don't know. And I don't imagine anybody doesn't know, but there might be people out there that don't know. So get off my back. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, give me space. Let me breathe. Let me live. The American Association of Retired Persons. That's what the AARP is. AKA old heads. Anyways. <laughs> this section says uh, there, there was a report in there that said that half of black workers lack access to employer provided retirement plans and this plan says that biden will call for widespread adoption of workplace savings plans and will offer tax credits to small businesses to offset much of the cost uh, we we need to figure out what much means like what is much but in any case he also says that his plan will allow almost all workers without a pension or 401k type plan to have access to an automatic 401k we need details on that that's not given because he doesn't mention how he's going to do this he doesn't mention how this is going to be done in a way that benefits black people specifically because we got to remember this is the black america plan but the problems that is being solved by this are problems that are present in all minority communities including including asian communities as listed in the aarp report and asian communities are well known for the level of wealth per persons they possess so the, you know, i still got a lot of questions and i kind of been repeating and harping on that point throughout the duration of us covering the lift every voice plan so finally we come to the last section we're going to cover today make social security benefits more generous and equitable and equitable anyways now this section biden starts by talking about how black people are disproportionately dependent on social security benefits for retirement and this is sourced to the national committee to preserve social security and medicare which states that 35 percent of elderly married black couples and 58 percent of single elderly black persons relied on social security for 90 percent or more of their income which is to say the least very sad when you look at how low social security payouts can be biden also says you know biden well he doesn't also but he says he'll fix this by passing social security reform to raise benefit levels for vulnerable beneficiaries he also plans to and we, we i am interested to see what is all what all is included in that term vulnerable but he also plans to boost the average benefits across the board and bring social security into solvency by raising payroll taxes for workers making more than four hundred thousand dollars a year and this is actually a good thing in theory in my opinion of course i took points off because it's again not something that i feel like is going to have a fix uh, be fixed directly aimed at black people or have a, a solution that's directly aimed at the unique challenges faced in the black community which i will say again is something that is important considering this is this is the black america plan but anyways but black people do pretty heavily rely on the social security 
that they get and it needs to be beefed up and raising taxes on workers making more than 400k is a nice way to do it because that's mostly going to be taking resources from other communities that said i am i do still have my reservations about how this whole thing is going to play out how this whole thing is going to look and if it's even going to pass because once again he's got to get congressional support in order to do a lot of these things that he's talking about doing but by and large and all in all and everything's considered and here we go and hop skip the jumpy and up jumps the boogie the boogie jumps me what i'm looking at here is the fact that this is the only thing that we covered today that i wouldn't give a d this is the only thing that we've covered today that i feel would move the needle significantly for black people in america so i gave this i gave this a c and i know those of you that have been used to the letter grades over the last few shows are like yeah don't tell us he changed up again no i didn't i just was like yo everything's a d like everything is kind of like it's either going to have no impact or we don't have enough information to know what kind of impact it's going to have in the case of the social security benefits though this is going to have a pretty good impact um in most forms that you would presume something like this would take it's going to be something that's going to be beneficial so i definitely you know want to want to want to you know give give credit where credit is due with regards to this piece but that is the show let me know what you think uh let me know if you agree with the things i've said let me know if you disagree with those things let me know either way you know just leave a comment definitely i will get at you next not next yeah i guess it'll be next week since we're not dropping shows on the weekend no more i will see you guys on tuesday have a good weekend stay safe covid is still out there stay safe trumpets are serious stay safe stay safe stay safe Deuces. this is lessons, lessons from, from the, from the from screen, screen. John Boy. So once again, I want to thank you guys for listening and supporting. Remember to share the shows with your friends, with your families, have conversations and have conversations with me as well. Give me feedback on what you think about the shows. Definitely the place that you can find all of the shows is going to be the Freedom Train website, www.freedomtrainradio.com. Look for the lesson from the screen tab. Be sure to support us on Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash LFTS. And you can find some of the videos that we're going to be dropping on YouTube, on the Freedom Train Network's YouTube channel. You can also support us by going and purchasing the book the chasm by patrick irvin you can find it on amazon or you can find it on the my personal website www.patrickbirvin that's p-a-t-r-i-c-k b-i-r-b-i-n-e dot com you'll find the chasm there um definitely support us you can reach me always through internet or through email patrick at freedomtrainnetwork.com and be sure last but not least be sure to go to the google play store if you have an android device and get that freedom train network app and that'll give you access to all of the shows up to date you don't have to search you don't have to you get automatically notified and that is the best way to support us and stay in touch with us definitely check the website if you are interested in becoming a podcaster if you are a black podcaster that already has a show or is interested in joining the network 
will take you even if you don't want to join the network you can definitely go to the website and submit and we are anxious and looking forward to and excited to work with you catch you guys on the next show